If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I will talk to you of art, for there is nothing else. I want to be with you. You're creative. I will talk to you of art, for there is nothing else. I want to be with you. You're creative. It is a pleasure and honor to break bread with you on this delightful afternoon. Listen, folks, there's one of them newfangled horseless carriages coming. You are listening to The Creative Hearts Club with Peter Tompkins and Rusty Harden. Hey there, everybody. This is Peter Tompkins, also known as P.T. Pop, on my YouTube channel by the same name, P.T. Pop, and my lovely co-host... Rusty Harden is here with me tonight. Rusty, are you there? I am. Hi, Peter. Hey there, Rusty. Thanks for joining me tonight. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, how's your weekend been? Been pretty pretty active. I heard you had some uh, jet fighters flying over your house. Are they coming to get you or? <laughs> well, I was I was in a little duck and cover. Then I realized it was the Dayton Air Show at the um, at the um, Dayton uh, base um, airport up here, and so um, so I just sat back and enjoyed the show. They fly right over right over my town, Tip City, and you can see some of their some of their activity up there as they're scrolling, you know, soaring up and flipping around and making their formation. So it's pretty exciting. Oh, Rumbled wow. my windows a little bit. <laughs> And that's that's part of the fun too. Well, that's excellent because uh, uh, for those of you that are tuning in, I, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, and Rusty is in Tip City, which is a, a kind of a suburb of Dayton, just north of Dayton, Ohio. So we're right. we're doing this all over the internet, the magical world of the internet. So, well, um, it is a, a rainy day here. Is it raining down there in Dayton? It's raining here in nope. Cleveland. Nope, it was supposed to, but um, the the air show god smiled upon the area, and we did not get the rain. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been raining here all day long, off and on. It's been uh, really strange weather. It's been real warm, and then it gets real cold, and it gets real rainy, and then it it's all over the place. You, you've you got cicadas, you said. You still have those? Nope, they're done. They're done. They left their carcasses all over the place oh, and, yeah. you know, moved, moved on to their little afterlife and let their little little eggs go <laughs> back down into the ground so they can come back up in 17 years. Yeah, we had them a couple of years ago. About two or three years ago, they were just swarming around here like crazy. And um, they were everywhere. I mean, they were on the ground and in the trees and making that sound they make. It was like being in a science fiction movie or something like that. Yes. Yeah, they look like they're from a science fiction movie. Yeah. Do you want to tell the folks about your website and your book, The Darkling Sky, and how people can find you on the Internet? 
Well, um, I'm most active on my Facebook page, Rusty Harden. It's my personal page, which isn't quite so personal. I share a lot about what I do with art there. I do have a Rusty Harden Studio Facebook page, which um, which I appreciate if um, people like, friend me, or follow. I always appreciate that. I do have a website, RustyHarden.com. Thanks for mentioning my book, The Darkling Sky. It's been published a couple of years ago, and it's um, it's a it's a book of um, it's a book of stories and poems. The the stories are like sketch stories. They're they're in the um, they're kind of in the the flavor of maybe a Hitchcock, where you don't know anything about the character until we get to this scene, and when this scene is over, you don't know anything about them. Mm-hmm. So. It, what, what's going to happen next. So it's just a moment. And I'm kind of a fan of things that are just in the moment. And um, anyway, so the book, the book is a little bit of a, a little bit of a dark journey that, um, you know, you might appreciate that it gets a little bit lighter in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of start out with, um, I don't know, dreams and serpents and then end up capturing or counting butterflies in a field. So, <laughs> you know, I, you know, it's on Am- available on Amazon, and if you order it, then we'll get it mailed out to you right away. Excellent. Thank it, you. It's an excellent book too. I, I love the illustrations and the poetry. Would you? Is that uh, considered free form poetry? They, um, I, you know, I don't know enough to know these things. Okay. But right. thank you for mentioning the drawings. The drawings are a style that I call my Bibelot series. It's a very intuitive pen line work and I don't know what it's going to be in most of the most of the pieces I don't know what the what it's going to look like in the end mm-hmm. I just bring a thought a, a um a feeling and whatever appears on the paper it appears on the paper with excellent. most of them so anyway so I call that my bibelot series oh, oh it's excellent check it out if go there and find the darkling sky and rusty is um an accomplished painter and um uh, activist art activist in the Dayton community so she's really well known in her area and she's really an awesome person so check out her work um myself i am who am i i don't know who am i i'm peter Tompkins. i guess you can find me on uh, skatingbearstudios.com and uh, also on the artist a documentary rusty and i worked on a documentary together about artists and we finished it back in uh, or the premiere was in may and if you want to see that film, you can go to theartistadocumentary.com and you can also find it on Vimeo. So, um, so, Peter, uh, yes, Peter, should not we mention that it has won two awards in uh, a couple of film well, festivals? Yeah, I, I submitted my film to the Royal Wolf Film Festival and they have monthly awards. And I won for Best Documentary for the month of May, which put my film in the hat for Best Documentary, excuse me, for the whole year. So what they do is at the end of the year, they tabulate all the winners, and then they pick the best of all of them for the whole year at the end of the year. But I won for Best Documentary Feature on the Royal Wolf Film Awards for the month of May of 2021. And I was just recently accepted at the Bozeman Film Festival, and that's in Montana. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not because they haven't released all the all the winners yet. And I was accepted at the New York Liftoff Film Festival. So 
you'll be able to see the film mm-hmm. in a variety of places online. Well, congratulations, Peter. Thanks. Thanks so much. And, and um, for the New York liftoff one, it's only $10 to pay for admission online. And you can watch my film and 30 other films or 29 other films. So it's a pretty good price to see a lot of really good movies. I think I think I need to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really cool. The people have been awesome. The people that have been really awesome and supportive and very they're very good uh is it communicative? Is that a word? Communicative? They've been very communicative. I think I'm making that up. I don't know if it's a or is real that word. like nice? Is is that a bigger word for like nice? No, they're very accommodating. No, they're what? very um very open. They're very they let you know what's happening before it happens and they communicate oh, with they're you. Communicating. Okay. Communicating well, yeah. I see. See, I can be, I studied communication at a high university, so I speak good. <laughs> um, I tell you, the, the documentary, the documentary is, is so well done. And I learned so much, you know, we worked together and, and I learned so much. And there were some, some ways, um, things that I learned and other ways that, that kind of affirmed how I saw our art community or fellow artists and mm-hmm. so it was really a good experience and and i'm glad that we're doing the podcast because that is kind of a spinoff from our experience with the with the documentary so we wouldn't be here if not for your documentary which oh that's true is awesome thank you and actually the documentary wouldn't be there if it weren't for logan introducing me to you and i always say that i can't say enough about the two of you agreeing to be in the film and just getting to meet you logan rogers who's i guess the protagonist kind of in the film um i just found my notes from him from more than a year ago where i called him up and i said hey you know i you know because I, I write all my notes down on the computer and I'm, i wrote down exactly what i said and he's like sure i want to be in that film why not <laughs> Like, oh, cool. Why not? Sounds just like him. Why not? Sure, what why the hell? Not? And I was just like dreading calling him because I was like, you know, I was going to say, what, why would I want to be in that? You know, I didn't know what is responsive because I hadn't talked to him in years, really. Um, so I'm really glad you were in it. So Rusty was yeah. a driving force behind it. What do you think you learned from the film? What What do you see as the greatest thing um, you learned? Well, I, you know, I kind of learned that, um, well, not kind of, I definitely learned that. And, and it kind of ties into to our discussion tonight, which is, um, what is it we're talking about tonight? We are talking about, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> if you build it, they will come, which we'll explain in a second. Is that here. true? <laughs> yes. Is that true? And I guess, you know, um, I think, I don't know, in, in some ways, I feel like that movie, and, and I'm sure I'm sure that, that, that the way that it's been, misquoted um you know has an influence on on everybody about if you build it you know will they really come but um but so in the documentary when because you interviewed so many artists that that um that i know down here in dayton and to hear their stories or to hear their struggles to hear hear their challenges mm-hmm. to hear their triumphs all you know and they each and everybody had such a different road that they had traveled mm-hmm. to get to where they are today and all of them have different goals for being on for that road you know exactly so um it was it was interesting and i learned that that it's it's just doesn't 
land on you, you know? I mean, I think I knew that because I've struggled all the years, but I thought that, you know, that I might have been one of the only ones struggling, you know? Mm-hmm. Or I shouldn't really use the word struggling so much, but it was a lot of work. It's a mm-hmm. lot of work being me and mm-hmm. being an artist in the community. And when I, when I listened to the other artists, they all had such a different approach to it. And, and, um, you know, you couldn't put the full interviews on the documentary, but even, even through the pieces that you were able to, um, put on in the documentary, you know, it spoke to so many voices. It really mm-hmm. was. So, you know, yeah, I feel it, pretty, I feel pretty passionate about, about tonight's, tonight's topic. Well, I think, I think, and, and as I said before, we're, we're talking about if you build it, they will come. And, and what I mean by that is a lot of us artists, who are very talented, we put our product out there, either in a digital storefront or in a gallery or in an art show or on a first Fridays, we set up a table and nobody buys our stuff or nobody, nobody calls us up and after they see our website and say, I really want your painting or I want your sculpture or, you know, if you're the best, let's just use a generic thing. Like if you're the, if you make the best stick drawing, stick figure drawings in the world, and but people aren't buying your stuff and you think well i put a website up how come nobody's coming to it there there's so much more behind being a being an artist than if you build it they will come and and i thought i really thought when i was doing this i quit my day job i went part full-time to part-time i put up a website with my photography on it and I thought that's all I had to do. And, and the phone wasn't ringing and people weren't buying my prints. And I discovered, well, you, you've got to do so much more to get your work out there and, and to sell it if that's your goal. Or even just getting notoriety. And there's so many different things you have to do after your work is completed. Your, your work is never done. I mean, your creation may be done, but there's so many things you've got to do to get it out in front of the people these days. And that that's kind of what I'm what I meant when I'm saying you know if you if they build if you build it they will come does that make sense? It does it does but then the question is it true? You know is is that what will happen? No. If you no, build not it, really. no, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, you know, I've seen it in so many places. I mean, it's it's the same thing with opening a restaurant. I mean, you know, here in town, there's think where I live, there's five Mexican restaurants, and they're opening up a sixth one down the street, and I'm like, well. How? Why would anybody go to theirs when there's six others to go to, or five others? But you have to. You do so much more than open up a storefront. You you have to market it. You have to have advertising. You have to go out and meet people. That the one thing, the biggest thing I learned from this film, and from meeting all the artists in Dayton, is how important networking is. And meeting people like you and Logan and and all the people in the film and building a community. I, I believe in that. And um, I'll go back to my, my experience 20 years ago when I decided to be a professional artist. Mm-hmm. And I, I came to this small town in Tip City, which is still my art home base. But um, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anything. And early on... I realized that that I could sit here and be alone or I could connect to a community. We didn't have a community, so I did my part. We, we didn't have a, 
much of a community. Mm-hmm. So I did my part to build that, mm-hmm. and then I then I was able then to connect the part of the art community that it did exist. And now over the years, it branches out into, into Dayton and, and to Springfield, some other towns near us. And so that job, that part of my job is never done. Mm-hmm. There's always something else to reach out and connect to. And it's true because whenever you, whenever you go out and you start meeting people, you'll number one, You'll make friends or you'll, you'll at best at least have acquaintances that will know you and start to get to know you and your work. But you'll also meet people who might be of similar creative um, talents or have different same ideas or they may inspire you or they may know somebody who knows somebody who will like your work. And I think it's really important to get out there and meet people, not not just in the art community. Because honestly, what I found, artists don't buy your work. If if you're an artist and you think a bunch of artists are going to go, wow, I love your work, let me buy your paintings. Most artists, I don't know if it's jealousy or envy or whatever it is, but they're not going to buy your stuff. But if you go to like... It could be poverty. It could be poverty too. It could be. Yeah, it could be poverty. They might love your work, but it's, you know, poverty is a thing. But I found if you go to city council meetings... And um, Chamber of Commerce meetings and meet some of the business people who may need artwork in the lobby of their, I don't know, city hall or the police station or the airport. You know, you may meet people, business people who have the funding and the, and the money behind them to buy your stuff or people that know people that can help you produce a, mo- a movie or publish a book. Or So if you build a storefront, you just sit at home hoping somebody shows up at your door with a basket full of cash, it's probably not going to happen, no matter how good you are. Is kind of what I, that's just, that's just an opinion, but that's kind of what I found. What do, what do you think? Well, I, th- I think you're not wrong. There were a few fortunate people, for whatever reason, that um, they they just happened to hit, it's, it's like it's like mining for gold, they just hit mm-hmm. the mother load. And they're yeah. out there, and and whether and and sometimes we don't know how much work has gone in behind it either Mm -hmm. as an observer and just seeing it you think well boy they were lucky and that's what some folks have said about me i'm not lucky i worked hard oh yeah but um but some folks can really look you know it looked like just magic landed on them and i'm happy for them because i really don't know what what um you know what they've done what they've invested who they've known and all of that yeah but i think yeah most people if they're um it's 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 disappointing if you imagine that when you make it, people just are going to show up for it. I think there's a lot more to do with the relationships. You mentioned you mentioned um, some of the town. I recently, um, a few weeks ago, did an art demo at the Rotary Club, and um, we had a nice lunch. They had their meeting. I did the art demo. Mm-hmm. I was able to then promote an art event that um, I was also having in town, which most of them didn't realize we were having. Well, a handful of them came out. Now, did they buy something? I don't know, but they certainly experienced our event and they feel good about what we brought to the brought to the community. Because I believe that if you if you have a community that has um, has the arts, the music, dancing, reading, mm-hmm. poetry, have those um, those elements in in the community, then people want to move into that community. So we we help increase the mm-hmm. value of a community. Oh, that's and an excellent. They point. came out 
they and they support us. And then so maybe maybe no one at that Rotary Club will ever purchase one of my pieces. But because we've enriched our community, then there could there could be buyers or supporters or or so on um, from from that community that mm-hmm. that feels that wants to touch the art community that we have really a responsibility and the privilege to bring. Mm-hmm. No, that's an excellent point because I've seen what you've done personally in the Tip City area, and the arts community is thriving. I think now more so than it ever has. They've always had great artists here, and and there mm-hmm. were other people that had the vision for the um, for the Arts Council and so on. So, but I've been a part. I'm a charter member of it. Where we could grow, I tried to do my part. And um, my very first year, second year, second year that um, when I was, in, I rented this little room upstairs in a building called the Hotel Gallery in a business mm-hmm. and had my artwork up there. And the true story is, and uh, is that I had my artwork up on the walls and I sold a little bit, but to make my artwork look good, I would go to yard sales and have props. So I had like, I had some music themed art for a while and I had a little piano bench, that little, that little rhythm thing that people have for their pianos mm-hmm. and uh, my props sold. Wow. Well, I, I was okay with that because that paid my rent. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I, I was. I. I was so happy when somebody bought a piece of art, but there was never going to be enough of that for me to pay my expenses. Mm-hmm. So I would take my money and go shop for more props, and um, that's how I paid for my rent for years mm-hmm. up there. But in the meantime, I'm growing as a local artist. I'm supporting the community. I'm engaged in some events. And, you know, mm-hmm. now, you know, now they, they think I'm a pretty big deal, but I'm still that, I'm still that artist that will buy props if I need to. Don't think I won't. That's excellent. And it's funny you mentioned that, you know, things that sell and things that don't sell. I mean, I think, and it's important to have, a realistic view as an artist when you try to sell things, if that's your goal, if it's just notoriety or whatever it happens to be, you have to have some type of plan, I would think, before you open up your storefront. Um, you have to have, you know, a vision of what you're trying to do, what your what your art is trying to say, who you're trying to attract, because not everybody's going to like all of your work. There may be just a certain segment. And I think competition today in the 21st century for artists has increased severely because of the Internet. In the old days, before the Internet, like in the 1980s, if you were an artist, you basically were competing with the guy across the street or the girl across town who was also a, you know, a painter or you know, a musician. You weren't competing with people from China or India or England like you are today. And the competition is just, it's increased exponentially. Or, you know, you're, you're competing with so many different artists from around the world now when you open a digital storefront. And I thought what I'd do is read some statistics I've got here from microfocus.com. It's an article written by Jeff Schultz. Jeff Schultz, he wrote an article for microfocus.com. It's titled, How Much Data is Created on the Internet Each Day? And there's one here that just really jumps out at me. It says here that on Facebook, Facebook users 
click the like button like the like bu- <laughs> like booking they the facebook users <laughs> click the like button on more than four million posts every minute and the facebook like button has been pressed 13 trillion times and this article was written in 2019 but some of the other numbers that are amazing, this is just how stiff the competition is. And this isn't related to art, but just think about how many people are on all the different social media apps. There's 1,209,600,000 new data producing social media producers each day. 682 million tweets per day. More than 4 million hours of content uploaded to YouTube every day with users watching 5.97 billion hours of YouTube videos each day. There's 67 million Instagram posts uploaded each day. There's over 2 billion monthly active Facebook users compared to 1.4 billion at the start of 2015 and 1.65 million, uh, was billion, 1.65 billion at the start of 2016. And I just think it's just amazing. 4.7 billion Facebook likes per every day, 4.3 billion Facebook messages posted each day. So with that, I mean, the optimists would say there's so many people on the Internet. Wow, I've got it made. I can sell my portraits. I can sell my sculptures. I can sell whatever it happens to be because there's so many people on the Internet. But in order to sell your stuff and your digital storefront, you really have to be a savvy marketing person, a savvy, a savvy advertising person, and know how to wade through the ocean that you're at the bottom of. You know, you have to know how to swim and get back to the top to show your artwork. And that's, that's another skill in and of itself. It, and if you have the money, you can hire somebody to do your marketing. But that cuts into your bottom line. And uh, have you ever hired somebody to do marketing for you, or do you do all your marketing yourself? I... I um I hired a um high school kid once and um she did pretty well but um but I I I don't do well with my marketing mm-hmm. I online and so on I I've never really tried to um make to make my career based off of that I do like the relationships though that um on now for me and my target market and um, my comfort zone is is Facebook and I share what I am. I share what I do. I don't really put a lot out there like for sale. So my marketing mm-hmm. ticket is still building relationships. Mm-hmm. I, I like doing that. I like sharing who I am. So if that draws somebody in to also my art, then I benefit. It, it helps me with some of the local areas it helps them know me a little bit better so Mm -hmm. my goal isn't really to try to sell my work online um, but it often leads to work or um, you know people that want to come into the um, to the gallery down at down at front street i have a gallery down there i don't think i mentioned that roots to wings but so i have a gallery and so i Mm -hmm. have people that come and i think my social media works for me because i can't be a salesman Mm -hmm. that's that's me and would i benefit if somebody else came in and did it i don't know maybe i maybe i would um feel at a loss to the relationships that i feel like i'm kind of building with with some people so so i don't think i'll hire anybody to do it Mm -hmm. but um you know, I think I think there are a lot of artists that they need to, if they can afford it, to at least get somebody to get them really started, if they have the work to lend themselves to being purchased online. 
Well, I think you are an expert at networking and building relationships. And I think the way you've done that for yourself has helped you build your name and your brand. And people know your work. They know you're reliable. They know you're accountable. They know you're positive and you're upbeat. And I think that that will get you further than hiring somebody to put their spin on your work. Um, mm-hmm. I think you've really you. been successful with that because I've, I've watched her just talking to me. I'm a very pessimistic person. She's very positive and she always uh, walk in and I'll see something negative and she turns it around and makes it positive. And next thing you know, I'm feeling good about myself and it, it takes a special person to know how to do that with, with someone like me anyway. Cause I'm always just like kind of Eeyore. You mentioned Eeyore before we, we started recording. I'm like, Eeyore. you do know that we all love Eeyore, right? Yeah. Yeah. But just okay. don't pull my tail off. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't his tail get tack onto his back side or something like that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you know. I think what I've learned is that uh, for myself, I got to get out there and be more like Rusty. I got to be more positive and friendly, and try to just you know turn off my mind and float downstream, kind of let things happen and meet people. Yeah, I think I think the relationships matter. At least for me, it really does. I I kind I I pretend I have a tagline called you know uh, create the connection, and and that's that's different than even networking. I just I just want to create the connections mm-hmm. and then see see what that bridges me to. Well, you know, it's not just you. Uh, there's a couple artists here in Cleveland. I met a guy named Gadi Zamir who has a gallery. He does like. Um, he does these amazing I think it's wood burning and then he paints it and they're these massive paintings. They're very um impressionistic. And he's very friendly. He everybody in town knows him. And I had some of my work hanging in his gallery. He's like, sure, come on in, I'll put your work up in my gallery. And everybody knows him because of I think it's, it's his work is nice, but he's also this warm, friendly, inviting person. And everybody who's anybody here in town on, on east or the west side, they know Gotti. And I think, you know, they say you get more uh, bees with honey. Is that the expression? Or is it flies? No, it's bees. Um, <laughs> you get more bees or flies with honey. Or bees. Now I've got myself confused. And and I think it's true. I think if you can, you know, somehow force yourself to go out and meet people. If you build your storefront, people will come if they know who you are ahead of time. And and you'll start getting a buzz about yourself, and people will go there, and local people will, and and it'll kind of snowball, and people will start visiting your Instagram page and your Facebook page and your website more often than if you're just a nobody and nobody knows who you are. And a lot of us are. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I just want to throw in there that that is not the personality of everybody. No. So if it's not their personality, then they need to hook up, connect with, network with somebody who is. So there's a, there's a gallery person out there. There's a storefront person out there. Mm-hmm. You know, every, everybody cannot, cannot um, be that kind of connecting person. It's, it, is, it is a personality thing. However, some people need to work on their personalities, I should say, and you know, and, and they could be it if they want to be it. But you know, in reality, not everybody um, can overcome 
some parts of who they truly are. Some of them are closet creators and just want to put it out there. If that's the case, go find the person Mm -hmm. that creates the connection. Exactly. And you only need to connect with them and then let them build the connections with other people. But in the meantime, there's still a lot of work that you can't just, you can't just create it and, and then, and just throw it out there. Mm -hmm. There is work to be done. Mm On, on the backside, even if you're not the one that's providing the, the putting it out there in that manner, there's still there's still so much work to be done and you have to do it. You have to you have to know who your market is. You have mm-hmm. to you have to know who's who it is that wants to see your work, whose story wants to hear your story and, mm-hmm. and and all of that, even though you might not be the one out there telling it, you better know who you are mm-hmm. and, or, uh, or enjoy enjoy the um enjoy the experience of discovering it because that's possible. Well, I think a prime example of finding somebody to kind of market for you is, is you and I, because I'm really, I don't like marketing and trying to rub elbows with people. And when I met you, you believed in what I was doing. You liked, you loved the film. I was making what Rusty did. She's like, I love this film. And you went around and you, you put me in touch with everybody you knew. You Newspapers and galleries and Front Street Art District, which is in the Dayton area. And because of you, you did things that I is mentally and mostly painful for me to walk up to somebody and say, Hey, do you want to see my movie? I'm like, you know, uh, but you just, you just ran with it. And so I'm usually, I'm like, I can talk to people and I don't mind talking in front of people, but I really don't like doing sales and marketing. It's, just, I'd rather watch the paint dry. And, you did something that I'm not I don't think I'm that I can be skilled at it but even when you first met me I'm a little rough around the edges and I say things a little bit abruptly more abruptly than people would like um, like the lady that came up to me at the trunk show and said oh well you know I love your work but I don't know I just don't have a place to put it in my house and like well I was going to say well, why the hell did you come to an art show <laughs> You know, but <laughs> and what would have been a better question, Peter? Yeah, maybe like, well, if you were going to pick one, which one would it be? See, I don't think of that stuff. <laughs> I just immediately get offended, and and I'm like, and, and Rusty said to me, "Did you say that to her?" And I said, "No." And she, oh, thank God. You yeah, know, she, she was just a nice little lady. I had no idea who she was, but my my initial reaction is to get defensive. But someone like Rusty has the skills to turn that around. Turn that frown upside down, you know that kind of thing. And I'm just not that person. And I, I you have to train yourself to, uh, or, or get real liquored up or something. I don't know what it is. Because mm. I well, get, you re- know, I think as as part of my creating the connection has been to um, connect with artists who are willing to to put in the the effort and the work in. And if I can help them along, I do. I mean, you know, you, you were such a new experience with, I had no experience at all with the filming and, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know anything that went with it, but I did have some connections Mm -hmm. and I did believe in your documentary and that's all you needed from me. You didn't need me to have a clue about anything else, Exactly. but um, that's something that, that I, I do find a joy and, um, and finding where people, need to be connected to you know so it was fun yeah thanks for letting me do it oh no it's awesome and um because i guess what i'm trying to say to whoever if if you're an artist and you think you have some type of talent and you put a storefront up that's just the beginning 
you, you really should have thought about the storefront before you put up the website. When I use storefront, it's either an actual brick and mortar storefront. In most cases, people are just doing it on the internet. So if you're trying to get yourself known on Facebook or on a website, you've got to go out there and meet some people um, to get them to come to your website. And you don't always have to have them see the real person, but there's a lot of work behind it, marketing, advertising, um, tagging it correctly and all this stuff. I'm talking like Arnold Schwarzenegger, all this stuff, this, that, and the other. Um, but it's it's a lot of work. And I was going to You know say, who I'm happy for? Who's that? I'm always happy for the um, for the folks that maybe have a, um, a life meet. And that have have that gift or that talent, and and um, all they have to do is, um, as the artist, all they have to do is go back to the to the little back room and create it, and their life meet there steps up and markets it and and holds their hands. I, I, you know, I I just I think that was just wonderful for them, and I'm always so happy for those people that have that. Most of us don't, but I'm happy happy for those that do because it does. It takes all the work that you just mentioned now not all at once and and everything does evolve mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know entirely who you are and what you want so but there's no reason for you not to do it mm-hmm. because you're going you're going to learn and you're going to figure it out fast but so if that's the case don't give up just keep working mm-hmm. it and work it and work it and work it or go or go marry go marry or hook up with um with a life mate that that likes doing all that stuff well, i find that most of us artists are very most of with not withdrawn but we'd prefer not to deal with people directly in most cases and at least a lot of people i meet unless you're an entertainer like a musician a lot of those people love to be up on stage and schmoozing um, I'm not a big schmoozer. I can do it, and I, I can do it, but it, I I don't like doing it. So, but there's some people that get a real like like Logan, who was in the film. I I think he genuinely likes to walk around and meet and talk and BS with people and stuff like that. So he seems to have a knack for it. Build it. If you build it, you yes. know. Will they come? Well, they'll come. They'll come if you. They'll come if you work hard at it. Yeah, maybe it should be changed. Build to, it and then keep working it, huh? If you build it and keep working at it, they will come. We should change it to that. Somebody's gonna come. And, That's yeah. for sure. Okay. How do you want to summarize? How 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 shall we wrap this up? Conclusion. In, In conclusion. conclusion. So. Well, to wrap things up, I guess we could say that if you want to make yourself known in the world. As an artist, you need to have some type of plan ahead of time before you you build it. Mm, that's not really so. No, no, okay. No, you don't really need to have a plan. No plan. Because the artist way isn't really to have a plan, but but um, be prepared. I don't know. Let, I, let's, 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 let's leave it more positive than that. Okay. okay. Um, look, build it, have fun, work hard at it. Find out what you need to do. If you can't do it, find somebody to help you. And find somebody by networking, by getting out of your house or your apartment and going out and going to galleries and meeting with people. And well, that is some of the ways, yeah. There's some ways to network. Okay, that was it for the Creative Hearts Club. This is Pete Tompkins. Thanks, Rusty, for joining me today. And we'll have another episode out in about a month. I think it's been a month since the last one, maybe a little longer than that. And we'll talk to you all in probably another four weeks. Thanks a lot.
Thank you, Peter. Thanks, Thanks Rusty. So much. Thanks for coming. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to The Creative Hearts Club with Peter Tompkins and Rusty Harden. 